Welcome to The Pestle, reviewing and breaking down movies to look for insights into the movie-making process. Hosted by Bender Bending Rodriguez and his shiny metal ass. Let's dim the lights. And Bender, dim your shiny metal ass. <laughs> Welcome everybody to The Pestle. Today's show is brought to you by Jump to Conclusions, Matt. Let fate decide when you jump to your own conclusions on our fabulous Jump to Conclusions, Matt. Pick yours up now at Kmart and Toys R Us. Welcome, everybody, to The Pestle. I am Wes. And I am Todd. And this is the show where we like to, I don't know, analyze things and pick it apart as filmmakers, actors. You're a badass producer. I hate producing. <laughs> <laughs> writers and all the things. Like, you know what, actually, uh, we've talked about this before, but one of my favorite things about what we do on the show is we talk about the topic at hand. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Like 95% of, if you tune into today's episode of Free Solo, 95% of today we're going to be talking about Free Solo. We're not going to like parlay this into my drive home from work today for 20 minutes. Like, yeah. Like we stay really well on topic. And I appreciate that because I listen to other shows that they might say they're going to talk about a thing and then of the whatever 30 minutes they spend like 90 seconds actually discussing that topic. Right. That drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what we're going to talk about. We, we tell you, we're going to talk about this film. That's what we stick on. It might be a sentence or two where we say something personal, but other than that, we're it's, it's all geared towards the actual film. Yeah. And even those personal things really heavily revolve around. Yeah. There's a reason the why we're bringing them up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, well said. Um, well, if you have, if you have not seen, Free Solo, which is the the film we're going to do today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry about it because it's probably not in the theater anymore. Uh, But if you have a chance, please, please pause this and go try to find it and watch it. Uh, I'm sure it will be available online some someplace. Yeah, I can't imagine it'll take long. Yeah, because it was a it was kind of a big deal. Um, So go find it and watch it before, you know, because there is kind of a a, a spoiler, I would say. I mean, as. There's always a spoiler of some sort. There's a spoiler in here. Uh, and we don't like spoiling films, you know, for anybody. So so make sure to pause this, go watch it, and come back. Absolutely. We're going to talk about a few things. Uh, we'll talk about lens compression and how it affects the story. Hmm. And we'll have an interview with a rock climber, Acacia. She is a badass rock climber. Um, and we'll talk about some other stuff and things and stuff. And things. Yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So a synopsis of the film is right here following. So we follow Alex Honnold as he becomes the first person to ever free solo climb Yosemite's 3000 foot high El Capitan wall with no ropes or safety gear. He completed arguably the greatest feat in rock climbing history It's directed by Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Chai Verselli. I'll say that. Uh, and starring Alex Honnold, Jimmy Chin, Sandy Candless, and Tommy Caldwell. But the boulder problem has a 10-foot section that's incredibly difficult. It's a very intricate sequence. You've got your right hand on a crimp, left hand on a side pull, and then you put your right foot onto this dimple thing. Right hand goes up to a small downpulling crimp, Left foot goes into a little dish, and then you drive up off the left foot into the thumb press. That's the worst hold on the entire route, so you get maybe half your thumb on the hold. Then you roll your two fingers over the thumb, 
switch your feet, left foot stems out to this really bad sloping black foothold. Switch your thumbs. And then reach out left to a big sloping bread loaf type hold that feels kind of grainy. From there, either karate kick or double dino to an edge on the opposite wall. In some ways, it makes more sense to do the big two-handed jump because you're jumping to a good edge, so there's actually something to catch. But the idea of jumping without a rope seems completely outrageous. If you miss it, that's that. I remember that moment in the theater. Yeah. I do. You jump? No, you Whoa. don't jump. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Oh, man. That's not high on the options list. No, definitely not. Whoa. Definitely not. Without a wire. So you saw this and you were like vibrating with energy afterwards. Yes. I mean, during and after. I didn't know what to expect. You know, I, I knew what El Capitan was. I've, I've seen Maru. I've seen other, you know, like like climbing movies. But I just, um, I just, you know, had nothing to do one night. And so I just decided to go to a movie. And I was, you know, traveling for work. And I always try to go see movies when I'm, when I'm traveling for work because I have time. <laughs> and uh, so I went and, I mean, I was, I'm not a climber, you know, but I'm a human being and I know what it's like to like feel. Sounds like something a robot would say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a human being. Well, it just, it it was very visceral the way they shot it and being so close to him and knowing where he was, the, how high he was, 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 and and it just engulfed me and watching it on big screen. I mean, whoever is, if you've, if you have a chance to watch this on a big screen, go do it. 100 I mean more than any other movie I've ever seen honestly this movie on IMAX would kill me I would be dead I would be I would die I would die um but yeah I mean I yeah I could watch it in my living room but it just seeing it on a big screen was just un- intense and I was on the front row like I always do yeah. um up front and uh yeah it was such an experience I ha- I don't I can't remember the last time I've had such a visual experience in a theater was any part of you after you walked out thinking I kind of want to take up rock climbing no <laughs> not an ounce, nothing. And you know, since that then, really surprises me. Yeah, I know me too. <laughs> Cause I, I do like saying, Oh, that's really hard. I want to try that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of people, even if, if, if they're not that way, if they're honest with themselves, there's probably some ounce of them that feels that way too. Yeah. There, I know plenty of people that would say they would never skydive ever, but there's a part in, uh, in them that wishes they did want that. And that's the part I'm speaking about. And, mm-hmm. But this, I had nothing. There was no ounce of me that wanted to ever try anything like that. But then since then, you know, I got on a climbing kick as like, like just watching videos. Okay. <laughs> just like learning more about climbing and, and the, you know, the people that do it and why they do it. Just trying to understand, you know, the whole, the whole, like, I want to connect with the rock. What the hell does that mean? You know, and, and, and the the freeing of your mind and i kind of started to understand it a little bit more and do i want to free solo a cap no do i want to free solo anything absolutely not i don't have a desire for that but i get it you know i i kind of understand like if you think about this just close your eyes for a second and put yourself think think about starting at the bottom of a wall that goes really really high a thousand feet up 
and think about, about the first hundred feet being pretty easy. You take a step here, a hand there, a hand there, and they're all really easy grips. And then, and then you get to a point where they're not easy. And then you look down and you're a thousand feet up and you don't have any ropes, but you're a thousand feet up and now it's getting hard. Think about that because that's where he was in that, in that clip. He was over a thousand feet. He might've been 1500, 2000 feet up. And he has to do this incredibly difficult thing because he can't go back down at that point. He's like, he has to keep going. And it's this feeling of, if you let that control you, if you let that feeling control you, you are done. Like you're, you're probably going to die. But if you get out of your own head, you clear your mind completely and all you do is you focus on the thing that you the physical thing that you have to do then you're you're like razor focused there's nothing else going on in your mind except that one little thing and i it's hard to imagine another it scenario is. where that is and they kind of dive into that what you're talking about with the fear whenever they like scan his brain yes. right they do the mri and they find out oh there's lower activity in that fear part of his brain yeah. um i can't help but wonder it's a bit of a chicken and egg issue for me. Like, was he always that way mm. or did he become that way through years of climbing? And I guess kind of that serenity that you get out of, you know, that process. I assume I can't imagine anyone's just being terrified the whole time. Every, yeah. every, screaming I love that. That's what I'd be doing. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point, man. So I feel like maybe, and I don't know if they gave an answer in the film or any speculation, but I feel like that's, that's probably more likely how he got that way. I mean, I'm sure there's a part of him that's always kind of dealt with fear in a very rational, logical way. Um, I don't know. I'm a pretty rational, logical person whenever I'm dealing with my fears too. I don't know that I could get to where he's at. I'm kind of on your side of, I don't know that I could ever do that. It's, the kind of thing I wish I could just do once or twice. Yeah. But there's just, that's a big commitment. <laughs> well, I think as with anything, uh, it's probably a little of both. Yeah. Right? He was probably born, like you said, but also more preparation hmm. always makes you feel yeah. more confident. And confidence is exactly what this is, essentially. Confidence is the lack of fear, or the, maybe not even the lack of fear, but the ability to deal with it or to harness it you know, in a, in a way that, that other, others maybe couldn't, you know, and he just has that. Like the movie said, he climbed it a bunch of times with a rope and, and, uh, uh, first, and he said he felt very confident and for a guy like that to say he feels confident, he really feels confident, Yeah, you know, cause he's done it so many times and he's climbed free soloed so many other thing, other walls and, and just been climbing his whole entire life since he was what, 14 or something like that. So, and so, yeah, you, you do develop, I'm sure like a pit of, there's a thing in the pit of my stomach that I'm waiting to go away and that's going to come through. Like whenever I hear him describe it at the beginning of the film, it sounds like a video game. Like he's got certain buttons he's going to press in order to accomplish everything. And he's memorized it. He's going to go through and he's going to beat the boss. Like Mm. just hearing the way he thinks about the climbing doesn't, it almost doesn't sound like climbing. It sounds like a series of moves that just happens to be on the side of a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's incredible. And I think you're overwhelmingly right, right? That, you know, it's preparation getting to that point can get you to that other point of 
relaxation and calm and you know where the hard parts are going to be and you'll deal with it when you get there, but you already know how you're going to deal with it. So you're able to focus on now mm-hmm. because I don't know. I wonder how many of the, the really rough accidents don't come on the hard parts, right? You, you wonder how many of the rough parts, uh, the accidents come on the easy parts mm-hmm. because you let their mind slip. Yeah. And so you, <laughs> in this, I imagine you have to be a hundred percent focused every single inch of the way. Mm-hmm. Or else, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't, I feel like someone like Alex Honnold has to be the type of person he is, meaning I could never do, like, I can't do that. Even I could be, I could climb for 30 years and I could, I don't think I could ever do that because I don't have the, I don't know. I don't know that I have the, the, the mentality that he had, like, you have to have this, this serenity, calm mentality because there at any moment, my mind could freak out. I could have like a spark of worry and that spark of worry might catch fire or it might just go away or it might be in a really bad moment, right? I'm reaching out to grab something and I have this spark of, of, of like terror where I remember where I am. You know, because if you're out of your head and you're only concentrating on physical, but your mind is screaming at you constantly and you're fighting your mind to to quiet it down, my mind just rolls constantly over and over. I guess it's the producer aspect. It's just like constantly thinking over and over and over, solving problems over and over. And if what I want to do is shut it up so that I can physically solve that problem, it's very hard for me to do that. But for him, at least in the movie, he seems very serene, very collected, very in control of everything at all times of his entire life, not whether he's on a mountain or not. I mean, the most out of control he ever is, is when his girlfriend screws him over (laughs) is when he falls because of her or, you know, like they have fights because she doesn't get what he does or something, you know, I don't know. But he just has this ment- the right mentality, I would think, for someone who would be able to do that. Right? What did you think about Sonny? About his girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, it's very annoying. Very annoying at times. I mean, and I didn't know where it was going, you know, if it was – if she was just part of the movie because she had – they were filming it at that time and she was part of his life and now they're not together. But they are together still and they're they're – you know, but, but then uh, as, as I'm watching it and it's kind of annoying and all I want to, what I'm yelling at her in my head, just say, just like, get it, just get it. If I can get this and I don't even know this guy, <laughs> like you need to be able to get this, you know? And it was, it was frustrating for me. And I, and then I was yelling at, at Alex, dude, just leave her. You're going to die, man. She's going to get in your head, you know, the day before you go do this and, and you're going to, you know, something bad is going to happen. And I, I was thinking that even though I know he lived, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, but, but then I, I also, there's other aspects too. So not everybody can deal with having cameras in your face and be the exact same person. I mean, 99% of people, you put a camera in your face and you say, this is going to be on big movie screens or just put, put an iPhone in their face and they're 100% a different person. I'm including myself in that except for Alex. I feel like Alex is how he, it just normally is. But for her, I I think it was a little bit of that. She's not an actress. I'm not asking her to Mm -hmm. act, you know, it was more about the, 
I just, you know, I want you to get this so that he feels your support for when he goes and does this incredible thing. And I never really, really felt like I got that until the end when she left. And that to me was like, oh no, this, this woman totally gets him. And it's just the whole camera in your face movie thing. And she knew he was ready and she chose to leave. He didn't ask her to, she just did it. And that was so, so cool. Like I'm emotional just thinking about how wonderful she was to him for doing that. You know, that's funny. Like for one, I really liked the way they introduced it because it starts before they even meet whenever he's doing one of these lectures and someone it's you know one of these kids is like do you date what's your love life like mm-hmm. and he's like oh man well you know it's kind of rough i don't really get to date much because you know i i'm in love with my my work you know with climbing more than love <laughs> and i was like oh that's a funny thing to throw out there and an interesting question I, but part of me was still wondering like why'd they leave that in and then of course you know five minutes later we meet Sonny and he's like, well, I'm starting to talk to this girl now and da da da. And I went through this kind of roller coaster with her because at the beginning I'm like, are you really into him? Like I, exactly. I was having this question of, do you actually like him or do you like what he is in terms of he's a successful climber and uh, it's an interesting story. And there's a certain amount of, I don't know, the attention, you know, that comes along with it. Um, and I'm not saying these are like the coolest thoughts to be having, but these are just kind of what I'm feeling it while I'm watching this, because I think we're all aware of the idea of the, the limelight can attract people to you. And it doesn't mean that they don't like you. It just means that if that light hadn't been there, maybe they wouldn't have been attracted to you in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm kind of like f- trying to figure her out because she doesn't seem to get it. And then I'm also like, why are we spending so much time about the relationship? And then of course it's because it directly impacts the rest of the story through her, uh, I don't know. I don't know what her inexperience I'll call it. Yeah. Cause obviously she wasn't being a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets hurt. And then that whole series of him figuring that part out was, man, that was really rough. Cause you understand where he's coming from. But at the same time you're like, man, but if you like her, that can't be the reason you right. Yeah. <laughs> you stop seeing her. Yeah. And then I go through this other part where, you start to see she's living this lifestyle and it's not super cool. She clearly like cares for him, even if she doesn't get it. And there's kind of a selfish love in there. You you can see that, you know, she really cares. So I go from, do you really like him to, you need to leave. You're better than him <laughs> because he's kind of an asshole to her. Oh, he definitely is. Right? Yeah, like yeah. just the way he kind of talks to her and his brutal honesty. Like I'm all for honesty, but there's also a certain level of brutality that I don't think needs to accompany it. Agreed. Agreed. Well said. <laughs> and so I think by the end, I was like really happy that they're together yeah. uh, because they're, you're right. When that moment comes, whenever she's like, I know what's best for him right now is for me to be gone yeah. so that he can focus was great because whenever he does that abandoned trial, she was still making it about her. Yeah. And that's a really frustrating thing to be going after your dream and to have someone want the focus to be about them when it has absolutely nothing to do with them. Yeah. Like this is not your moment. Pick another moment. Yeah. Uh, that that kind of stuff really just drives me crazy because I've had those kind of things happen to me where uh, I'm having a great moment and then suddenly there's drama in a relationship because someone 
doesn't feel like the spotlight is on them anymore. Mm. Not to say that's exactly what was happening with her, but uh, there was a certain amount of selfishness that was being taken away from Alex, Mm -hmm. uh, which really sucks because you need every ounce of your attention and energy going into the right things. Yeah. Like it's not like you're, you're meeting a a lawyer before a big, a big case and you know, you're distracting him. No, this is, you know, you met this guy after he was a big name doing what he does. This is what he does. You knew what you're getting yourself into. So don't, don't F it up, yeah. you know, like, like support it. Cause that's what drew you to him in the first place. Or one of the, the things that drew you to him in the first place. And th- that's what I was trying to, sc- what I was feeling was mm-hmm. like, that's not how you act. You yeah. don't act that way. But he did, you know, he did speak to like, there was yeah. a few times where he would say things. I'd be like, Whoa, dude, <laughs> damn. And she just take it, yeah. you know? And, and so, yeah, you're right. That was, um, it definitely told me, okay, she really does care about this guy. You know, the funniest part to me too, is whenever they were shopping for appliances, (laughs) what the hell? (laughs) Like it fits perfect. The refrigerator. Yeah. There's like two feet. It's two feet too short and a foot too narrow. He's like putting it together and she was fine with it. It was like, what are you talking? He's eating beans out of the, out of the bowl, like, or out of the, the pot. Like, this come on, dude. man, you're not in your van anymore. Oh my God. That mess is hilarious yeah. to me. But that, you know, and, and seeing that I was thinking, okay, and in, in a normal movie, this would be the thing he tries and he's like, oh no, F it, I'm out. And he goes back to his van and then yeah. like, he runs away from her and goes <laughs> and solos El Cap. And like, that's so true. You know, like that's, that's the storyline, but none of that happened because you know why this is real life and they yeah. stuck, they stayed together and they supported each other and it was wonderful, which is great because, yeah. you know. Like, like it seems like a guy like Alex deserves that, you know, Yeah. he's, he seems like the kind of guy who's doing what he's doing because he loves it and not because he ever thought that he would make a bunch of money or meet, you know, women or have attention. He's doing it because he loves it. Yeah. And, and it just so happens that he's the greatest yeah. in the world <laughs> because he he's doing it because he loves it, you know, like that's awesome. pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty yes. cool. I was also really impressed with uh, Jimmy Chin. I was really hoping that the filmmakers would involve themselves because I had all these internal questions about is this going to in- in- impact you know his performance? Mm-hmm. How is he handling all this? What are their thoughts on being in his face? Because that's a that's a scary thing. And so I was really happy when they finally pull him in. I don't know, maybe a little over a third of the way into the film, and. They start addressing all those questions because that is a real, real thing. And obviously, uh, like you said, they ended up building it, building around that issue. And for me, it kind of impacted the story on another level because I didn't quite have as much anxiety uh, watching him climb. Um, the one thing as filmmakers, I love, love, love that they did. And you can hear it in that clip that we played is they built up the tension through information they informed us why this is scary and why this is hard and where the the scary parts are because otherwise it all just kind of looks easy. And whenever you're, you're watching a professional do his thing, it just naturally looks easy. Well, well, of course, uh, you know, 
A-Rod can jack one out of the park of, you know, Yankee Stadium. Like, anyone can do that. <laughs> like, no, you don't understand what he's, he's swinging. It's not even the tin bat that you use in softball. Yeah. This is a wood stick yeah. that weighs mm-hmm. as much as your face, <laughs> and, and it doesn't make the same amount of contact. So there's a lot of information that you need to, you know, give us before we can appreciate the tension. Yes. Yes. And they do that so well throughout the film of layering in what they're doing, why they're doing it, and what's hard about it. And there's maybe the two, maybe three parts that finally got my heart to stop because they ended up shooting with the a lot of longer lenses. And long lens versus short lens, very, very big deal whenever you're talking about capturing the the geography of where you're at. The longer a lens is, the less it can get into it. So if you're shooting on, I don't know, let's say a hundred millimeter lens, well, just imagine, you know, putting both your fists to your eye, like you're making, you know, a homemade telescope. Well, looking out the end of that, right, you can only see so much. Whereas if you were to like take away one fist and just instead make like an okay symbol, um, like you're going to say, okay, good job. Like make that okay symbol. Now put that up to your eye instead and close your other eye. Now you can see so much more. That's a wide angle lens and using a wide angle lens is able to just give you so much more information about the geography and the relationship of the person in front of you to their surroundings. And because of the danger, I think this is my take. I don't know if this is accurate, but I am assuming because of the danger that they were worried about putting him in through these cameras and being really up close to him, they couldn't shoot on as many wide angle lenses as they maybe wanted to. Now, I think they did a great job of uh, you said that they mounted some cameras along the path, right, so that they could capture some of these moments close up. And that's really, really smart. And that gives you so much more uh, understanding of the ground and what's awaiting him below. Um, but so many of these other shots are using these longer lenses and that's going to compress the background because you're shooting so long and your subject is so far away. Well, in order to get a close up of him, you have to use an even longer lens. That's going to make the background look closer to him than it really is. That's called compression. And it's just everything in the image is kind of getting flattened and squished. And that's just going to lessen the ability to understand the relationship physically between one, one object and another. And whenever you do that, of course, you can't understand how far away the ground is from. So whenever Jimmy Chin is up, you know, on top shooting these shots down, well, the ground, if you can even see it at that point, because just one ledge sticking out is going to, you know, completely remove your ability to even see the ground, then you can't really feel the anxiety the same way as if you were to shoot with like a GoPro. Yeah. Like a GoPro, while I hate those fisheye lenses, it really does not only just show you the relationship, but it exaggerates it. And that was something you were talking about early on whenever you were saying, man, I'm going to send you some of these other videos. And, you know, they're not like some of these GoPro shots, so it's not quite as exaggerated. And I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like shooting a GoPro as you know hokey as it can be, it really does serve a purpose whenever you're trying to demonstrate a physical relationship from one object to another and it exaggerates it and makes it look way, way worse than it really even is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause wow. whenever you see those videos of guys right on top of buildings mm-hmm. and they're just walking around and Oh yeah. God, man, my heart I just cannot throw up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle it. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah, man. And it's because they use those crazy wide angle lenses and it just makes the world look 
millions of miles away. Yeah, it does. Um, oh it, my God. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I probably can't even think of it right now. <laughs> think about it right now. Really sick. But and so for most of the film, I feel like for me, a lot of the anxiety was kind of stripped away. But they did a good job of helping replace it with the information because the two moments that really stick out to me. Well, okay, the three. The one is obviously whenever he falls, and it's just mm-hmm. like, oh my God, what? I mean, they don't even show the fault, but just understanding what happened uh, was just I kept replaying the the mental cut that I had in my head was just like terrifying. But then at the beginning, they're showing they're talking about people who die doing this. And they're like, it only takes one misstep. And they show uh, a guy who goes to jump for a ledge and misses and he just starts falling down the mountain. Yeah. And my heart was just arrested as I'm watching him fall, 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 fall before eventually opening up a chute. I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) I thought that was it. I'm like, I don't want to watch someone die. I didn't sign up for this, Jimmy. (laughs) And uh, because I've been saying his name the whole time. And Elizabeth, (laughs) like, holy crap. Um, So I was really happy. But even whenever it opened, it didn't stop. Like my heart was already bottomed out. Um, And then uh, the other moment was, of course, whenever uh, he's doing the boulder problem. Mm -hmm. And even whenever he's smiling, I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't don't smile. You got another thousand feet, bro. No, what are you doing? (laughs) Too much. Oh, that's I mean, that's a sign of a guy who who is confident and loving the moment he's in. Yeah. You know, like was built for that. That's so true. Oh, God. It was just. So I I went in and and went on an Alex Honnold kick and I looked up everything he ever climbed and I watched it all. And there is one. And I I think I told you about it in Yosemite that he free solos. It's only 20 feet. It's not far, but it's. It is 3,000 feet up or, or 20. Oh, right. The ledge that he's actually scaling is yes. 3,000 feet above It's called ground. heaven because apparently it's the most beautiful spot in Yosemite. Or it's an express ticket. <laughs> or, yeah, there you go. Um, and it's it's he's standing. Uh, it, it, this is this is kind of related to the film, but whatever. But he's you, you're standing there and you've got this. It looks like just a big boulder and it's like 20 feet up, right? And then you start climbing, but it's about 35 degrees backwards, you know, 20 to 30, 20 to 30 degrees backwards. So you're not climbing up and you're not climbing forward. You're climbing backwards as you're climbing up. And once you get, I think the third hold in, there's no going back. If you fall, if you slip, you're not going to fall where you stood. You're going to fall 3000 feet down. You're done. But But it's just, it's like 20 hand moves. And that's it. The whole thing, the whole climb. So it's a little like bouldering 3,000 feet in the air, not like, you know, on the ground. Just thinking about it literally yeah. is giving me vertigo. And I, I mean, I w- I'll send you a link if I haven't already. I think I, I sent you that link. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's put it in the show notes cool. so people can actually see it because it's shot really beautifully with the sun setting in the background. And it's just it's the most beautiful thing ever. And just watching him do something like that even, yeah. it's just unbelievable. And you watch him and you think he's slow and methodical and every hand movement is done with purpose, right? Like he'll slide his hand into a crack and it's all slow motion really, you know, like whatever. He'll yeah. slide his hand into a crack 
and then he'll next hand. But you're thinking, what's he doing with that first hand? Are you sure that first? I would, you know, like feel it out a little bit, man. Spending a little more time in there. But he climbs like so fast. He climbed El Cap, El Cap in under four hours. Oh my god! Three thousand feet in under four hours. Not only was he the first and only person to ever do it, but he did it in under four hours, which is unbelievably fast. Like crazy fast. Um, and any, any other climbers that you talk to will say, that's, that's crazy how fast that was, but it doesn't look like he's going fast. It looks like he's really, you know, taking his time, but he just, every move, he knows every single move. And when he's got the hold and keeps going it, yeah, it's that's really, awesome. really unbelievable. It's like watching a master chef mm. cook. Everything is done perfectly and everything he knows the next move before he's done the move before it. It's 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 muscle memory at a certain point. Exactly. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So let's jump on the phone real quick with Acacia. Awesome. Cool. So right now we are joined by Acacia, who is a rock climber. Acacia, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, super excited. So my first question is for one is there such a thing as a professional rock climber? And if so, what is that? And are you uh, considered to be a pro? So a prof- there are professional climbers. There are not very many uh, because it is such a niche sport. It's hard to be at that elite level. Um, but it kind of depends. Like everyone kind of has varying definitions. Like some would say, I would say a professional climber is a climber who can basically live off of just climbing alone. Um, based on getting money from their sponsors. So there are probably a handful of American climbers that fit that description. And the rest, I would say, are probably semi-professional, and they would get gear sponsors. Um, They might get some financial sponsorships. um, And then otherwise, they would be probably doing, like, advertisements here and there. Um, so I would not consider myself professional because I do have a full-time job. <laughs> so um, I have gear sponsors, um, but I wouldn't even really consider myself semi-professional. I would just consider myself a sponsored climber. But you're no slouch. I mean, I know you do a lot of photo shoots and cover shoots. How does that work? Are you just like, you just happen to be a model and a badass rock climber? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I kind of got into that. Um, it sort of just fell into my lap like I had been climbing for probably four or five years. And then a friend of mine was going to attend um, a rock and ice photo camp. And there's um, there's more climbing magazines, but probably the main two in the States are rock and ice and then climbing magazine. Um, and rock and ice has a photo camp every year where they allow students to come um, learn how to take climbing photos and they get to learn from some of the top climbing photographers. Um, And so I had a friend who was going to attend that photo camp and then at the last minute couldn't go and they were looking for more models because there were some sponsor conflicts. And so he recommended me and I got to go and then I just kind of that allowed me to network with some other photographers and then, yeah, I just kind of got into it randomly into climbing models. <laughs> Props. That's awesome. So uh, how do you know Alex? So I met Alex when I think the first time I met him was when he was in town. I think he did a presentation. So he sponsored by the North Face, I believe. And he was in town doing um, oh, kind of a little talk. Like he had 
um, another sort of film that was coming out. So in the climbing world, we have Real Rock. And I'm pretty sure he was in town for one of those. And so it's kind of like the little, the climb, the small climbing community um, will put on, will put out videos every year of just some really great accomplishment or some really cool story. Um, and it's a fun way for all the filmmakers kind of within the climbing industry to come together and kind of collaborate and tell different stories. And so everyone in the climbing world kind of knows that every year Real Rock will come out and there'll be a compilation of different videos um, that come out. And so I believe he was in one. I mean, he's been in many of them, obviously, because he's such an accomplished climber. Um, and he does what a lot of people are really scared to do. And so he came to Austin and I believe did a little presentation, which was really cool just to kind of hear his thought process through the whole thing. Um, and yeah, he happened to be with a friend of mine. And so then I met up with my friend afterwards and we all went to like Easy Tiger or something and just, all kind of hung out. So you mentioned he does what a lot of us are scared to do. So what that is, is free soloing. Do you do mm-hmm. any of that? Are you one of those, those yeah, what, crazy people? What's your take on free soloing? Yeah. 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 Let me, yeah. Yeah. And by crazy people, I mean like, <laughs> like, like not really crazy, just, just like people that yeah. I, there's a lot of things me per this is Todd, by the way, there are a lot of things that I look at and I say, I want to do that because that's hard. That's just kind of like nature of, of who I am as a human being. I look at that and I think that is the most terrifying thing I could ever think of possibly doing. And not an ounce of me wants to do that. And there's nothing, there's really nothing else in the world that, that I can say that about. So yeah, what's your take on that? And, and what kind of climbing do you like to do? So I do think that free soloing is the riskiest and what is definitely the riskiest of all the climbing styles. Uh, but I will say that after hearing him talk about it, I, I don't feel like he's being as reckless as it appears to the public. So I don't free solo, but I have in my lifetime free soloed one of the flat irons in Boulder, Colorado. And there are, I think it was like the second one, whatever is really easy. Like it's not very steep and you can climb it in your approach shoes and it's just kind of a a steep hike, so to say. You have to use your hands sometimes, but for the most part, it's really just a a steep hike. So I have done it before in my life, but I went with friends who knew the exact route to take and, you know, knew everything to do. So I wasn't just on sighting it, which literally means doing it for the first time. So you're performing it on first sight. The thing that people don't really understand about Alex, unless they have watched his videos or listened to his lectures is that he generally will climb a route, you know, like 25 to 30 times on a rope before he ever tries to do a solo. Um, And so part of the thrill for him is the kind of the purism of connecting with the rock, right? So like it kind of helps you get out of your head. So part of the appeal of rock climbing is that it is taking you out of your head you're very focused on what you're doing and the harder the climbs get, the less you have to dedicate your thoughts to anything else besides just the climb. So it really, really pulls you into essentially a state of ecstasis where you're like in an altered consciousness. And so that's what's addicting about it. But he's not just 
picking out a route and going, oh, cool, I'll just climb that without a rope because that seems fun. He's finding a line that he feels really connected to or he's really inspired by, um, and then he's climbing it on a rope. And so he's lead climbing it over and over and over it and kind of rehearsing it in his brain before he goes and does it without the rope. So he won't do it unless he feels extremely confident that he can do it without failing. And then, of course, every time that he does one, people are like, well, what are you going to do next? What's, what's going to be the next thing? So, you know, he has to, he is kind of balancing, like, how far does he push himself and how far does he just stick with doing it for him and what he likes to do? I mean, I don't know anything about rock climbing. Let me be the first to say that. But if Alex, if you're listening, don't do any of that. Don't don't do anything for anyone else but yourself because it's not yeah, like exactly. it's, it was something like this. It's not like like someone saying you should go write a book. Well, I don't really want to write. It's no. It's it's like you're playing with your life here, yeah. bud. You know. Wow, that's that's an yeah. amazing insight. It, I mean, we see in the in the film, we see him you know, going through it a lot and, and testing routes and stuff. One particular thing, and I wanted to ask you about this and I don't know if, if, if you've talked to him since, uh, he filmed this movie or before or whatever, or what you, you, you thought about it. I'm sure that, uh, have you seen any video of him, um, uh, free soloing El Cap? I have. Yeah. Okay. So the, the boulder problem in particular is, have you been on El Cap? No, I have not. So, that was I, I, I from what I from what I gathered from the the film the hardest point right right like if mm-hmm. he get, if he gets through that then it's pretty much mm-hmm. smooth sailing for the rest of the way well quote unquote smooth sailing <laughs> um, mm-hmm. can you can you kind of try to put into words what this this is and how hard it typically is because apparently he has to like you know move his switch over his feet to move his hands in a certain way and then do the splits you know like <laughs> 2,000 feet in the air and almost fall into an edge and then and then in, in the film he just gives there's a camera that's mounted on the the rock face he just gives it a smile and keeps going that's otherworldly. Um, can you speak to what the boulder problem is and, and, and like, you know, how difficult really something like that is that he did? Yeah. So I don't know exactly how hard the boulder problem on that route was. Um, but I would imagine that it is fairly slabby, meaning just a little off vertical where it's very balancy and you're standing on like dime edges, essentially. That's very difficult because it's not necessarily strength it's technique so you can't just kind of burl your way through it or pull really hard through it that takes a lot of practice to have really good footwork but he also has a a pretty good wingspan as well Um, so he is built very well towards climbing if that makes sense and he also has incredibly strong fingers so a lot of what he's doing though it is definitely physically hard like the boulder problem itself is very hard. It also takes a whole lot of technique, which is what he's really, really good at. It. And then I've, I've heard I'm, I'm monopolizing all your time because this is, <laughs> this is really intriguing to me. <laughs> I'm just tuning in. This is great. Okay. <laughs> um, I've heard, uh, so the boulder problem isn't just specific to El Cap. Is that correct? There are other climbs and other um, uh, uh, mountains and, and things that, that have a quote unquote boulder problem. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. in this, in this particular route, they'll call it the boulder problem. Sometimes they'll call it the crux 
And so that'll mean, and sometimes routes have multiple cruxes. And so really what that means is when you're looking at like a longer route, it basically will have the hard spots. And so when you're looking at the different styles of climbing, you can have bouldering, which is generally, you know, like under 40 feet. I mean, you might have some high balls, which is what they call it if it's taller than that. Uh, but generally, you're looking at some shorter boulders. You're falling down onto crash pads. And bouldering is, because it's so short, it's really, really hard. So you're having to try as hard as you can for like maybe five to ten moves. And then you top out. And so bouldering is known for being very powerful, very dynamic. Um, it's a lot of your fast twitch muscles because it's ha you're having to move quickly. You don't need to have a lot of endurance. It's mostly power. The next variation, it's really bouldering. And then you've got free climbing. And so it's not free soloing, but free climbing, which is to differentiate it from aid climbing. And so way back in the day when they were climbing El Cap, there were certain sections that you couldn't climb without pulling on some fixed gear. So you'd get up to a spot and then you just kind of yard up on um, like some webbing or you'd have some chain or some anything really to pull on. And so if you're pulling on something that's fixed into the wall, then that's considered aid climbing. But as climbing has progressed, people have gotten stronger and learned how to free climb some of those areas, which is why it's kind of so exciting that people were able to free climb El Cap. So then within free climbing, you've got the traditional climbing, which is what people refer to as trad. And so that's kind of what started um, in LCAP. And that's where you're, everyone's got all those cams and nuts and they're, they're placing gear into the wall. It, it usually requires like a crack system so you can place gear into it. But all of that gear can be removed. So the person who follows the route will then clean it out. Um, uh. It's a bit more dangerous because if you fall, some of that gear can fail because it depends on how good you are at placing your gear. And then also just depends on, you know, gravity and how you fall and how the route changes once you're up there, you know, so if it kind of like veers off to the right and you happen to take a hard fall and you swing, you know, it, it might rip a piece out. So that's traditional climbing. And then there's sport climbing where there's actual bolts fixed into the wall. So they've been drilled and glued in. And then you go up with your quick draws and you just clip into the draw and then clip into the rope. And so whenever you fall, you're pretty much just falling past your last bolt. The chances of that ripping out are extremely slim. So it is considered safer, but, you know, accidents can definitely happen in both in both realms. But so whenever you have a, a longer route, whether it be a sport climb or a trad climb, generally climbers will refer to the hard part as the crux or some people will call it the boulder problem. So pretty much every route, as, as long as it's like, you know, 40 feet, more or less, will generally have a crux on it. Ooh. Have you ever injured yourself climbing? Um, I really haven't had any terrible injuries. Like I may have fallen and kind of like, you know, impaled my leg a little bit um, or kind of like bruised my ankles, slamming into the wall. Uh, but other than that, I really haven't injured myself from climbing. So what what got you started climbing in the first place? So it's been 10 years, but I got into it actually through a friend um, in college. I set my college roommate up with her boyfriend, who's now her husband, 
and he was a rock climber. And so him and his friends want to go climb. And so they, they took us climbing and I actually didn't really like it that much at first. I didn't really have the proper shoes. It was the tiniest gym ever in the LSU rec center. And it was like a converted racquetball court. So it was (laughs) literally so small and I couldn't do the easiest problem. And so I was like, okay, well, this doesn't make sense. How come I can't use any of these holes? You know, like there's 80 holes and you're telling me I can't use any of them and I can't hold on and I'm in tennis shoes and none of this makes sense. And you guys have fun. I'm just going to keep swimming laps. Um, but then one of our friends was like, well, here, I'll take you climbing in Austin. Like I'm going to be in town. Um, we'll get you some shoes at the REI garage sale, some used shoes for you to try on and we'll take you climbing outside. And I was like, all right, I'll try it once. And then you guys will just leave me alone. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, I don't like it. Just leave me be. But I actually ended up really liking it. And I, I liked A, the climbing shoes really helped. And B, I liked the freedom to use whatever holes I wanted. And I liked the mental challenge. So I liked that everyone kind of has a different way of doing it. Um, so kind of like the what you hold on to and like your order of how you do it is, is called your beta. And so everyone kind of has different, has their own beta for things. And so uh, the way that sometimes the way that my guy friends would do it would generally be different from how I would do it. And so sometimes I couldn't do it their way because it was too burly. And then sometimes I couldn't do it my way because I was too scrunchy, you know, and I had smaller fingers. So I kind of liked that it sort of leveled the playing field in a sense that Um, There wasn't one particular way to do it. You could come up with your own and you might be making it harder or you might be making it easier, but it was up to you to kind of solve that puzzle. So do you mostly climb outside or you climb inside? Um, I prefer to climb outside, but when the weather isn't so great or when you're just kind of busy during the work week Mm -hmm. and you don't have time to get out, it is nice to go to the gym just to to stay in shape. So do you have a, a favorite climber yourself? Ooh, a favorite climber. You're going to have to narrow it down to male or female. Oh, man. Uh, no, no, I don't. You have to, no. Yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> I cannot um, pick overall. Okay. Because uh, then it's like, I have my favorite boulder. I have my favorite sport climber. Okay. I have, it's too hard. Okay, then that's, yeah, uh, shows my ignorance <laughs> in asking that. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of climbers. <laughs> obviously, obviously. So, what do you think as, as a, as just as a, a human physical feat, what, where would you place Alex's climb, his free solo of El Cap in the history, in the annals of, uh, of, of humanity? Oh, definitely at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I mean, right. So, okay. So we have no a, bias. We have, yeah. You know, if we're going back to the dawn of time, you know, the beginning of man, then yeah, I think this definitely tops the list. Yeah. Okay. So, so what I was saying to Wes after I saw that, cause I, I just happened to, I had nothing to do one night. I was out of town and said, I'll go see a movie. What's playing? Oh, free solo. Yeah. This looks okay. This looks kind of cool. I don't know anything about climbing. Oh. Um, I'm not, you know, I've climbed a little bit, but not much, but, I'm sitting there and I know that he, that he makes it obviously, but I'm sitting mm-hmm. there gripping the seat. Like I <laughs> never, yeah. you know, I could have climbed El Cap with how, how, <laughs> the grip of my hands. And I was yeah. afterwards when I was talking to Wes, I said, I cannot think of another human 
physical thing that, that humans have done in, in his, throughout history that could top this, like sports wise. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, Cause I'm like, yeah. the moon is kind of a big no, one, but that's but different. That's, that's not different a physical feat. It's not a physical feat. And there are a, a bunch of people involved. This yeah. is one dude doing one physical thing. Um, yeah. and hmm. I can't think of anything. And, and so as someone who is a climber yourself and, and a veteran climber of 10 years, I mean, it, does it, it doesn't diminish that, that awe, it, correct? No, that no. I have? Okay. It's, it's incredible that not only that he did it, I mean, most climbers just dream of being able to climb El Cap, much less reclimb it. You know, <laughs> so most of them would be psyched to have to do parts where they have to aid. Mm. And then the rest would be like the really strong ones would be like super stoked if they could reclimb it. And then the upper crust <laughs> or be like, Oh man, that'd be really rad if I could free solo it. So like most of us would never dream of doing that. Um, so yeah, it's still incredibly impressive. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only, yeah. the only one. Cause I, I, I was talking about this movie for weeks yeah. afterwards just because of my experience that I had with it. So <laughs> that's awesome. awesome. Okay. Well, is there any way that we can follow you online? Yeah. Um, probably the best way would be on Instagram. Uh, my handle is, Memoirs of Acacia. That's awesome. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So, we know how to, so everybody knows how to spell it. That's beautiful. Um, one, one last question. You said you hung out with Alex. What, what's his, and you guys talk about climbing in general. Did you talk about a cap in particular? Was, was there um, anything that stood out about him as either a climber or a human that you would want people listening to know uh, about him in general. Yeah. 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 Honestly, we didn't really talk that much about climbing. He's an incredibly well-educated, well-read person. Um, and which is kind of strange for like a, a dirt bag climber. Not, he's not really a dirt bag anymore. He's super sponsored and taken care of. Um, but for most people who are trying to go live out of a van and just go climb because they want to be one with nature and they really love climbing and they just, they like to have that purity kind of in their life. It's really surprising to to meet people like him who he's traveled all over. He's like read almost every book. Um, he can he can hold a conversation with you on any topic, which is the weirdest thing because usually climbers like him that are at his level, all they want to do is talk about climbing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like actors that only want to talk about acting. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Anything else? Any? Have you read any cool books lately? Yeah. You know, and so he's just a really, really cool, down to earth guy. He doesn't think that what he's doing is that incredible. It's just what he likes to do, and he's just happy to do it. You don't really want the spotlight. He kind of just wants to be left to do his own thing, and you can totally get that from him when you meet him. He's not like thirsty for attention or anything like that. He's just like, well, okay, well, yeah, I guess you can follow me with cameras. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the light they paint him in in the film, honestly. And so I was just yeah. wondering if that was that was real. That's pretty cool. And on that note, have you read Memoirs of a Geisha? You know, I haven't, but that came out when I was in high school. So that was a joke. It was like, ha Instagram. Memoirs of a Geisha. Get it because you're Asian. Like, oh, so funny. And so we just... Just ran with it. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for making some time for us. And um, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for your time. This has been awesome. I could yes. ask you. I could talk to you for another hour so about cool. this. Uh, so I appreciate. I can tell it. you all about climbing. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Definitely. 
Uh, well, thanks for joining. Appreciate it, Acacia. Thanks. Have a good night. <laughs> that was amazing. That really was cool. Like, uh, there's a lot of the, you know, stuff in there. Obviously, I didn't know which was well, pretty me much too. all of it. <laughs> no, me too. Like all the terminology and everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know what actually surprised me, and I don't remember this part of the film, but whenever she said that he's really well read. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> that kind of took me by surprise. I mean, I I shouldn't be super shocked, but. What else are you going to do in a van? Yeah. If you're not climbing, you're going to be reading, true. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. I love, I love looking at human beings and being in awe of yeah. human beings. I, I'm totally drawn to it for some reason. And I think a lot of people are, I think most people are, you know, even if it's, even if it's something that you're supposed to, that you're trying to be the best at, you know, like yeah. it's your thing and you're trying to be the best in the world at it and you're working your ass off, but there's this girl or there's this guy who just is the best that you've you could ever imagine anyone ever being and you have to just be in awe of it and and i love that that beauty and it used to make me jealous you know like like if it if there was just somebody that was better than me no matter what it made me really jealous and now i look at it and i'm you appreciate it right I, i totally appreciate it and so something like this especially is just uh, it, it's hard to put into words the amount of respect and admiration that I have for anybody, not just Alex Honnold, but anybody that does stuff like that does like climbing like this, yeah. something that you have to be 100% perfect Yeah. or you're dead. Like there's nothing else that I could think of that is that engulfing of your entire soul and, and, existence in that moment. I mean, I've watched uh, a bunch of other videos of, of guys doing actual, you know, bouldering that she spoke about, but in a, in a different way, almost like you're climbing literally upside down like Spider-Man. She'll post those kind of pictures. Like if yeah. I really do recommend like go onto her Instagram and check out some of the stuff she posts because some of it will like get your heart racing uh, because it's so intense. Like she has shots like that, like some of her photo covers are of her like inverted climbing That's crazy. And she has this one shot of her completely untethered, like sitting atop some big rock way too high. That looks way too thin. <laughs> and you're just like, what are you doing? Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I need to see that. Yeah. It's amazing. She is yeah. a total badass. Like she sounds way, you know, funny and, uh, she's, you know, a fun person to be around. But whenever I see the things that she does, I'm like, in awe, she is really cool. Oh man, I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't I just can't say enough amazing things about it. I don't know why I <laughs> I'm so intrigued by it. I I the only thing the reason I can think of it is because it's so it's just you you do it right or you're dead. Yeah, and that's unbelievable. It, that not only would you know a free soloist like Alex climb a really tall like 1500 foot cliff and and make it and live but then go to another one and do it again and then go to El Cap and 3000 feet and do that and then think about what he's going to do next like no you know that's that's unbelievable to keep doing it to keep pushing that envelope it's 
it's so easy to say, oh, push the envelope of technology or push the envelope of X or Y or whatever. That's not an envelope. Yeah. An envelope is this. And I love the way he does it with so much integrity too, because yeah. like you heard her talk about, and if you've seen the film, they like pound the drum a little bit on that, is that he's not going to be pressured into it. Yeah. It's going to be his decision and he knows when he's ready and he's not going to do it a minute before. Yeah. God. And, and kudos to the filmmakers, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so, so Jimmy Chin is a climber. Mm-hmm. He's been a climber for years. Um, the film I'm going to recommend is a film from him. Uh, and he even said in, in interviews, because they were asking him about the, the crew, you know, were the crew climbers. He said, absolutely. There's really only like maybe a handful of guys in the world that could do this type of thing that could climb and film because you had to be climber. You're on the wall of El Cap. You have to be a climber. Um, but you also have to be able to hold a camera and get the right shot and do all the right things that a cameraman knows how to do. Um, maybe I should take up climbing. Maybe you should take up climbing. <laughs> uh, but because they were climbers, because he was a climber, they knew the importance of not only staying out of the way physically, but mentally out of the way of Alex, you know, letting mm-hmm. him really, and not just because you wanted you, you didn't want to be the reason he died, but because you wanted him to have the experience he wanted to have, Ooh. you know, like, and he says, it, they say it throughout the film. Like it, it almost doesn't matter if he does the climb and doesn't have the experience he wants. It's like kind of a moot point with a climber like him who really only does it because he loves doing it. And so that I, I think that, you know, all of the, the build up to how they were going to film it was really on point and their decision to do what they did, mounting the, the, the cameras on the wall, you know, no man on the wall, just letting him be there. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Bad ass. Yeah. And do you remember the moment where he didn't, doesn't he like when he's climbing, it's been a few weeks since I've seen it. Doesn't he like pass a couple of people? Oh, that are like camping on the wall or and something. The, and the, the guy at the base is like, I think we have a bunny. Nope. It's not a bunny. It's a, it's a, it's a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. They're like I dressed just, up. Oh and, yeah. The unicorn head on. Yeah. I was just thinking, what are those guys thinking? Yeah. Are they talking to him? Are they looking at each other? Like this guy doesn't have any ropes. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. That would be weird. To like just be, Perched up on a mountain, and some dude just walks by you. Yeah, <laughs> like this, insane. This isn't a bitch. That's essentially in the park. what happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so kudos to the filmmakers. They, I think that they did it. They did it right. They yeah. did it justice and gave us what we wanted as viewers, mm-hmm. and and gave Alex what he wanted. Absolutely. And themselves, they made a great documentary. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, what are you recommending this week? Oh, yes, yes. So, it's another another uh, Jimmy Chin film called Maru, which is on Netflix. You can go stream it now. It's just another another climbing documentary, but this one is on a totally different mountain, and and it's done with ropes and all that stuff. So nice. Oh yeah. I'm going to recommend a climbing movie as well. Imagine that. A documentary. It's called 180 Degrees South. Let me check. Um, I have not. Yes. Okay. So it's called 180 Degrees South. It's a guy who I think he's like a nephew or a son of some of the founders of North Face. Mm -hmm. And they were like these kind of 
beach bums who started the company really as a way to feed their adventures like surfing and rock climbing. And so he kind of sets out to have his own adventure of making his way down to uh, Chile to climb one of the mountains down there. I can't remember what mountain it is, but it looked tall (laughs) and cold and as beautiful. I think this movie free solo is really beautiful, but I don't think it really holds a candle to 180 degrees South in terms of uh, it's just one of the most gorgeous movies I've ever seen. Really? It's so crazy because the guy who made it is not a filmmaker. Really? And it's unbelievable. Wow. I don't know if it's true now. I don't know if it's a case of like just kind of, you know, spray and pray. Like he just kind of kept the camera (laughs) rolling, but but, but, I don't think I've ever heard that, (laughs) but he comes away with like some unbelievable shots and from almost beginning to end, it's just a beautiful movie and uh, it's a really heartwarming story and I highly recommend it. 180 degrees South. Sweet, man. Love yeah. it. Um, that said, yeah. next week we are going to tackle Birdman. Yes, I'm excited about that. Super excited. I haven't seen this really since the theater, maybe maybe once since it came on HBO. At some yeah, point. I think. Um, I think. But yeah, I'm excited to tackle that. That's a yeah. special request from our guy Izzy. I'm gonna expect a lot out of you in that oh, episode. God. Yeah. All no. right. There's a there's a lot going on. There is a lot happening. Like technically speaking. Yeah. So yeah. bring your A game, bro. Uh, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe and review us on iTunes if you have not already. Uh, I'm trying to get fifty. 50 reviews. If uh, if we can get 50 reviews, I'm going to get like a really badass interview. So Sweet. let's get to 50. Matthew McConaughey. Yes. <laughs> That's it. He's, he's waiting. He's watching hey, guys. I know Matt, just give me a shout. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you want to comment on this, uh, you can go to the pestlepodcast.com slash free solo and drop us a note on whether or not you would ever rock climb without, I don't know, attachments <laughs> yeah and I, how high okay leave us leave us a note about how high you would climb without a rope nice. i think everybody has their own like a number where like you look down and you're like oh that would break my that's leg that's true because i i have climbed the flat irons um that acacia was talking about okay um and by climbed i mean i hiked <laughs> okay as far as i could go before i had to start actually climbing <laughs> and then you stopped but yeah it, but there is a part where you know you do have to use your your hands and feet and um, you're, you're climbing to some extent because, you know, there's all these loose rocks and uh, boulders all over the place. And it was beautiful. And I was like, oh, I kind of get it. Like, this is yeah. this is amazing. Um, but I ne- came nowhere absolutely near summiting. Um, mm. But it's, I mean, Boulder, Colorado is a beautiful place to be anyway. But mm-hmm. that certainly gives you another view. And it's an interesting community. They're so active down there. Like, yeah. y'all go outside and stuff. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Let's, you would go. You would be the one that goes to Boulder and says, "Hey, let's go watch a movie." Yeah, that's right. Uh, all right. Well, we'll leave you with a quote of the day. Oh, this one is from Evil Knievel. Hmm, love it. You come to a point in your life when you really don't care what people think about you. You just care about what you think about yourself. I love that. Yes. Wow. If there's one person you believe who says that. It's got to be it's evil. It's got to be evil, evil. Man. man. Absolutely. <laughs> that guy didn't care about your opinions. God. Wow. And well said. I feel, yeah, I think, 
I can see so much of that mentality in Alex, right? He just, he just cared about what he cared about. And even the people he loved, he didn't care about what they thought about what he cared about. Right. Right. That's impressive, man. That is someone who knows who they are. Yeah. And that's, Uh, that's as attractive as being talented. Yeah. And that makes me think totally 100%. And it makes me think of, um, his mother's response. Do you remember his mother's response? Mm -mm. She, they, they asked her, you know, like what she thinks about her son free soloing and you know, these mountains and El Cap and all this stuff. And she said, well, and I can only like, I would never in a million years get something like this from my parents. And it kind of breaks my heart a little bit, honestly. Um, I get it, but her response was, he loves it. And how can you ever take that away from someone? Wow. Like, yes, that's amazing. I mean, she's got to be terrified every day of her mm-hmm. life that she's going to get a phone call. And, uh, you know, her son, I would be, it would be a nightmare, yeah. but that's selfish, right? It's, and it's, let me go, let me say, it's easy for me to say it right now because my son is five and my daughter is three. <laughs> So they're not going to be climbing, free soloing El Cap anytime soon. But if the day came, if that's all they did, and that's all they they wanted to do and what they loved, I mean, you're going to die at some point. You might as well be doing something that you love doing. And if if the only thing that's going to change with her telling him that she doesn't want him to do it is that they won't have as good a relationship because he's going to keep climbing then you might as well just say that exact thing that she said. How can you ever take something like that away from him? It was brilliant. It was That's so good. And, you know, like, so he, I say that because he had a little bit of a support system with her. His, his father was a climber, but his father died when he was young. And so, so she had, he had the, he had the, the, it's okay to climb from his dad and the, I know you love it. So go climb from his mom. And that's, that's amazing because he had no one telling him not to, Yeah, you know, so that when finally he meets this girl or a few other people and they say, don't do that. He's like, what are you talking about? Of course, I'm going to do this. I've always been told I can do this, so I'm going to do it, you know, so he had that support system already in place. And so maybe that was part of what, why he didn't really listen to anybody else. And he was just focused on the, nope, this is what I do, you know, kind of thing. That's awesome. It was just a good moment. Yeah. Yeah. When she said that, I was like, you go, mom. (laughs) Anyway, all right. We're going to end it there. Uh, Thank you guys again for joining us. Just to reiterate what Wes said, uh, make sure to leave a comment and uh, and subscribe. Comments are really important. I want to see who we're going to get as a guest when we get 50 reviews. So leave a review and tell your friends and join us next week when we do Birdman. So make sure to watch it this week. And until then, I'm Todd. I'm Wes. Go watch the movies.